Ashwin Zutshi and this is Lockdown 21. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have another very interesting episode for you today as my guest on the podcast is going to be sharing with us some key insights into what's happening in India's restaurant industry. As you might be aware, the hospitality sector is one of the worst hit across the globe during this COVID crisis that we all are battling. And for those who don't know, India's restaurant industry is valued at close to 50 billion dollars which is already set to lose an estimated 9 billion dollars this year and that could force a quarter of the nation's restaurants to shut down so how does a star chef and a person who runs two successful restaurants in delhi my guest radhika khandelwal plans to tackle this let's find out Hi Radhika thank you so much for joining me on this call I uh, really appreciate your time uh, I know it's a, it's a really challenging time for the industry but uh, thank you for uh, you know giving me time and uh, getting on my podcast you can say hi to all those listening by the way Hi everyone uh, my name is Radhika and I'm the chef owner of Figan Maple and IBD Yes uh, uh, Radhika I've been reading a lot about your uh, previous ventures before you started Figan Maple which by the way I think is one of the best like spots for brunch uh, like in Delhi Uh, unfortunately we can't uh, uh, be reaching out to the restaurant right now because all the restaurants in the city are shut uh, however before we uh, dive into you know what's happening and about the crisis that uh, you know has hit the entire hospitality sector uh, uh, radhika i i was reading a book earlier uh, you know probably a couple of months ago it's called business on a platter i don't know if you've heard of it and it kept uh, reiterating <laughs> on the fact that uh, you know that restaurant businesses are generally very difficult to run and the success rate is very low so is that really true is that true because you've you know you've had two successes in the past so <laughs> that's that's more than the usual rate yeah so i mean is it is it true like is it truly really that difficult to run and uh, is the success rate that low absolutely uh, i think um, how i am mean, quoting your book it is actually uh, one of the Jaffa's businesses, and I feel like, especially in our country, it is um, it's um, another level of difficulty. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we we don't just face um, you know the regular problems of the F and B industry around the globe. We also face a lot of uh, liaising issues, infrastructural issues, mm. um, and just you know basic government issues. Yeah, I think procuring <laughs> procuring licenses and stuff like that also becomes a big challenge in a place like India. Yes, it is absolutely very very. very challenging like no matter what they say that everything is online now and um all of those things it's not it's not it is online and then they just cancel your license and then it's all offline okay so you like uh, I, i think it's the perfect bts <laughs> 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 so i mean so anybody who's diving into the restaurant business has to be you know stepping into like a big like challenge of you know unprecedented you know situations coming across like every now and then yeah every day is fire fighting 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, because yeah, because I, why I brought this up is because I think a lot of people, uh, you know, I come across, you know, they all talk about, you know, one day I, you know, want to open a restaurant and one day I want to, you know, run my own place, not realizing that it's not that easy. You know, it is not that easy. I'm so glad you mentioned this because yes, the amount of times I hear this and bhai ke saath restaurant kholunga. Achha, you're catching on to the Delhi lingo also. Huh? <laughs> not bad. <laughs> It's eavesdropping. I have no option. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that is true, yeah. But uh, but tell me, like, how do you go from your personal journey that I was reading about? How do you go from hairdressing in Australia to running two successful restaurants in uh, Delhi? Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Radhika started her journey to 2013 in Delhi with a restaurant called Ivy and Bean, and then of course she started uh, one of the most successful places in Delhi called Fig and Maple. So how How do you go from hairdressing in Australia to opening a restaurant in Delhi? So actually, um, that is just um, half of the story. I was actually working in a restaurant since two thousand eight. Okay. Um, in Melbourne, and um, I did my apprenticeship in Melbourne in commercial cookery and got a trade certificate. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So and um, hairdressing. I, I mean, I. I'm actually a psych major, and uh, hairdressing was just a course which I wanted to do because I I, I knew that I was not meant for a uh, um, nine to five or an academic uh, career. I yeah. knew it was some something more creative, and mm. I just didn't know what. And I thought maybe it's hairdressing. Hairdressing turned out to be quite a mistake for me. Mm. Because um, the school was not a very serious school; it was more about getting your permanent residency, and I was not aware of that when I joined hairdressing, and uh, which is why the teachers were lax and the whole uh, curriculum was off. <laughs> But however, what I was getting joy from was my job in the restaurant, and uh, that's when I kind of decided that this is it. Nice. So you found your calling eventually. Yeah. So then, you know, so Ivy and Bean happened, and then uh, I I believe you wanted to uh, advocate more of you know locally produced products. I mean, uh, you use locally sourced ingredients for your next venture. I think that's because I was reading that you also run a zero waste hero campaign, uh, where you advocate uh, uh, you know seasonal eating, locally produced uh, ingredients and stuff like that. So uh, you know, could you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, with Ivy and Bean, it's it's. I mean, if you've ever been, it's it's like home. Everyone thinks of it as home. You can't really. I mean, as a chef, I could not play with the menu. Yeah. Because it was like people were coming in for those dishes. You could not change any of that, and it was kind of like bogging me down. What I wanted to do with Fig and Maple was have like a canvas of sorts where I could. Completely promote, advocate sustainability, farm to fork, get give Delhi its first farm to fork. Yeah, and um, that's exactly what I did. And uh, sustainability is uh, something which is very close to my heart because I feel like I work for uh, SDG two, which is zero hunger. Uh, SDGs are the Sustainable Development Goals. Yes, I was reading about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it's a body connected to the UN and. Um, Uh, yeah, so these are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and one of them is zero hunger. I work for zero hunger, <coughs> which means wasting food is absolutely a no. 
and eating sustainably, eating locally, eating, supporting your local farmers, supporting a livelihood, advocating for it is all a part of that. Yeah, I think uh, anyway, I think mindful living has become the new norm of, uh, you know, 2020 and mindful <laughs> eating is definitely one part of it. So, you know, uh, kudos to your campaign yeah, and I hope uh, you find success in that. So you mentioned that you wanted to, uh, be, uh, you know, bring the first farm to fork uh, concept uh, restaurant in Delhi and hence F- uh, Fig and Maple uh, was envisioned. So how much do you think since then, you know, the restaurant business has changed in India? You know, you've been doing this for since 2013. We're, we're now like in 2020. How much do you think the entire landscape of the business has changed in Delhi and the country of course um, I think actually completely it's done a complete 180 when I opened Frig and Maple I was actually really scared because uh, it was it was not a concept which was uh, anywhere in the capital and um, I mean we are we don't have a cuisine at the restaurant we literally work with whatever produce comes in so we are a produce focused restaurant and um, I mean, I didn't like people would call and be like, so what cuisine are you serving? And you don't know the answer to that. You just like, we are an ingredient uh, driven uh, That's restaurant. Very interesting. And you don't mm. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it was uh, just the way the food looked. It was really appealing to people. So they gave it a shot. And uh, of course, like local food and farm to fork is definitely more delicious than what you are finding in a chemically grown uh, sort of environment. Of course, of course. So, um, yeah, so the produce actually works a lot for me. So, yeah. But but and I know I've I've eaten at your restaurant multiple times. Like I said, one of my favorite spots for uh, brunch for a good brunch in the city. And I must say it's it's a massive menu, huh? Like what you're talking about. It's not it's not a it's not a small menu. So you're doing a damn good job with your ingredients because it's a big menu, and it can actually uh, it's it's actually a great confusion and a great problem to have to pick out uh, between all the great dishes. So yeah, good job there. But but now you're seeing more and more uh, restaurants uh, today. Uh, you know, following that concept and that model, and it's become like the new norm. No, they're not. I mean, they say they are, but they're not. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying that like a lot of people say that they are uh, doing locally produced ingredients and a farm to cook, but they're actually not. Yeah, you see beluga on their menu. Beluga, I mean, like, if you're putting beluga on your menu and saying you're in a local restaurant, like, I'm sorry, like, it's not gonna work. Like, we have things like miso on our menu and we do the miso in-house with black soy bean from Uttarakhand. Oh, wow. So, you know, wow. yeah. So, yeah. so you, uh, but something like Beluga, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Hello, bhai, please stop. Uh, to, yeah. Yes, to all restaurant owners or, uh, you know, chefs listening, please stop lying about your menu if you're not using locally <laughs> ingredients. So, please don't, don't say that. Don't, don't claim that. Unfortunately, I have to move to a really serious question now. The go, the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic that is uh, put the entire hospitality sector into a crisis. There's a major economic fallout. We're facing almost a loss of like a nine of nine billion dollars in in the in the sector. What what's the sentiment like with you know restaurant owners and chefs like you? And I know you're friends with so many other chefs in the city as well. So what's the mood like right now for all the restaurant owners because they're, I mean, everything is shut. Um, so, yeah, you already know about the challenges. We're actually facing the same challenges the rest of the world is seeing. Uh, so, as you know, our industry is um, really, really interconnected. 
so we are witnessing a domino effect of the shutdown that it's impacting restaurants bars vendors and restaurant staff workers me as a chef i'm still okay i cook at home i'm trying to advocate healthy recipes and good food etc me as a business owner i am shit scared Hmm. I don't know. I don't know the expiry date for this. Restaurants literally put in ninety percent of their cash flow back into the business every month. Hmm. So there is no possible way of sustaining. We are literally waiting for the government to like say something which is supportive of small scale businesses and of the hospitality industry. But we are not hearing a word. And I know that they're just going to turn around and say, "But we said you could deliver." Oh. so no we we i've actually yeah. spoken about this a lot of times earlier in my podcast where and i mentioned that you know we're waiting for some capital infusion uh, we've been waiting for an economic package for uh, the industry because we've seen that happen in japan and singapore already but india we're still waiting to hear from uh, the government but i, I even i'm i even i'm very unsure about where things are heading So and so, and like places like Singapore, they are literally advocating. The government is advocating and telling people to order in from restaurants and from bars. They are they are allowing uh, uh, cocktail deliveries from your favorite bars. Oh, interesting! Yeah, it's it's really really cool actually. But we don't have that liberty. In fact, uh, we went online on Zomato for two days for delivery just to check out what it's going to be like and whether we could generate some amount of revenue. But uh, what happened there was that because Zomato had such few riders, they yeah, would switch us offline whenever they wanted. So maybe we were online showing that we're delivering for about an hour a day whenever there was a rider close by. Oh, which Lord. meant that we were just sitting in the restaurant wasting resources and waiting for an order to come where we were actually not even online oh so so and you couldn't and you couldn't tell zomato that can you please give me this particular slot <laughs> and not like just put me in the no, abyss wherein they, i don't know they, when the delivery is going to happen they don't agree to it like they don't agree that this is happening but like if you're if you are close to a zomato executive he will tell you the insights Okay. Right, so these are these are not things which they are coming out and saying. Oh, okay. they are just real things which are happening. Yeah, of course. I mean, because you know, we we don't get to know the real uh, stuff that's happening on ground, and that's why I'm having this chat with you because you know, since you mentioned delivery, and that's that's been one of the key things that a lot of businesses are now shifting towards. Uh, already, I mean, I think before this crisis, uh, you know, happened, I think world over there was, I think, a shift towards more of delivery and takeaway. Uh, I was reading a lot about you know restaurants across the globe now removing a lot of their seating space and you know trying to shift more towards a, a more towards a delivery model. Now, unfortunately, we are being forced to do that, and yeah. a lot of hotels, which includes you know Marriott and Taj, even they have taken to delivery, and that's been very yeah. that's been very interesting for me to see that hotels have started uh, del- tying up with the Zomatos and so Swiggies of the world, and they have started delivery of the food. and hence i wanted to understand that how are these fine dining or upscale restaurants you know taking to delivery so yeah and i've always thought that my food is non deliverable okay like i feel like if you can't see my food if you can't see how beautiful it is you mm. can't see the freshness and if it's even sitting for like 20 minutes in a box it's not going to be the same so for a, for a chef it hurts your sentiments to put food in a box 
Like it's really yeah, no, I, I can imagine. I know a lot of chefs like that. I I know a couple of other restaurant owners. They they mention the same thing that you know our food is not very conducive to this model of delivery. Unfortunately, it's in in a time of crisis. They don't have much of an option. Much of an option, yeah. But at the same time, like we we could not uh, keep up with it because uh, yeah, I mean like an hour a day, which we don't know when. Like we would keep checking our phone ourselves, say, say, uh, seeing whether we are online now or not, and we were offline most of the time. So. We were, we were just wasting resources, literally, like just electricity going. We we're just sitting mm. there and like hoping that something happens, but no, nothing was happening. But so it is a really, really frightening time for restaurant owners, and that is globally. I feel like yeah. like from from a Dominique Crenn who's literally come out and said, "Yeah, we need help." and no no restaurant can sustain for more than 2 to 3 months without being open yeah. we have rent so and like i overheads us so much like for a restaurant like big and maple uh, it's about 1/5 of a crore hmm was, a month yeah i, I mean I'm, that was going to be my next question which is going to be about rentals uh, because i understand that no. re- restaurants have really high rentals uh, in 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 cities like bombay and delhi because you know ad singh who's the founder of olive group he also said that you know i can't keep up imagine you know ad singh coming out and saying that you know i can't keep up with the sky high rents if i don't have customers walking in for the next 2 3 months and i might have to shut down four or five of my restaurants and starbucks tata group writes out to all the landlords of its 185 outlets across the country and says that you know we cannot be paying uh, uh, rents for the next 3 months so when such yeah. big people come out and say that you know we don't have the money to pay rents i mean where does somebody like fagan maple go yeah Yeah, and we are what we are literally a mom and pop sort of joint, yeah. right? Like we take three years to open the next restaurant because we want to settle it in, have the concept bank on, make sure our team is functioning properly. We train, I don't know, maybe like twenty people per year, and um, I mean twenty interns per year, and um, yeah, like we we are literally a very very small scale restaurant, and if we don't get the support, then it's going to be no tomorrow for us. Yeah, I, I've been reading that a lot of uh, restaurants, you know, are might might be looking at a shutdown if you know this carries on without any kind of uh, you know financial aid coming from anywhere. So then, how how are you currently dealing with your uh, you know say landlords or people who you have to pay like your rentals to? Uh, we have not been excused any sort of rent or uh, oh. and we are paying oh. and we have thirty six employees. We are not uh, we have not cracked any salaries. We have not uh, oh that's lovely uh, done that's any lovely. pay cuts. Um, but uh, it is a huge dent in our own personal pockets. Where I mean, we can do this for a month. How long will we be able to do it for? Is the question. And I mean, like come this month, uh, what are we in now? April. Yeah. April is yeah. not going to be like that. We we won't be able to do the same thing in April. We'll have to consider our options and finally make some really really tough decisions. Yeah, no, I I totally understand that because I've been facing those issues too, wherein you know I could pay people uh, probably last month uh, for for the last month's work, but uh, you know maybe end of April I'm not sure where I'll be able to find money to pay everybody who's working for me, and uh, uh, you know these are tough times, and I, I, even NRAI has estimated that you know India could be facing almost uh, one and a half million job cuts, uh, you know by yeah. the end of this crisis, and um, you know obviously the challenging times, but. Uh, what about your you know back end supply chains i mean like i like you said you tried your hand at uh, you know uh, delivery and other models but were you able to get access to your 
you know ingredients and everything from the back end was the supply chain working efficiently because we've been seeing a major sort of mishap on that front as well because i've been talking to so other people so ashwin i'm really lucky that way that my concept is a farm to fork yeah and uh, farmers have access right now yeah. farmers don't know what to do with their produce whereas meat is so i i get like my farmers giving me when it will give me if i need now <laughs> um but yeah farmers are still uh, happy to deliver however there is no meat supply in the city anymore if you um, i don't know if you know this but there is absolutely no meat no red meat is coming into the city because the borders are sealed okay so if you are i mean like this is like for everybody at this point of time do not consume red meat because it is not fresh hmm that's very interesting okay yeah so whatever you're getting at this point of time is frozen and maybe just really old meat so yeah focus on uh, lean proteins and focus on white meat have your ducks chicken um if you really must and uh, fish and that also like just fresh water fish uh, no sea water fish hmm yeah i've been and reading actually i've been reading a lot about that as well the the fishermen community have been you know going through a major crisis as well uh, because no more buyers they have to hmm. dump in tons of dead fish back into the ocean yeah yeah it's 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 really sad like i said really really challenging times but also uh, radhika i think one of the interesting things that i came across was that some of the uh, you know top international chefs uh, you know who are running michelin star restaurants you know they have transformed their fine dining business into now community kitchens they've set up community kitchens now how do you feel about that um i actually think it's a really really great thing to do um we were actually thinking of doing the same thing but then uh, we had a conversation with someone um, at the nrai and they said that they have enough community kitchens at this point of time and um, what they however need is more funds so that's not an option anymore but uh, i know people who have done it like uh, um, cafe lotas um, and the restaurant monsoon is now a community kitchen uh, serving over 800 people a day wow. so i feel like wow. it's, yeah I feel like it's a really, really great thing to do, and um, I mean, it's uh, we we actually have to look out for each other at this point of time. So it's an amazing thing to do. However, I don't know, like um, there are other rest. I mean, they they do have um, like even even like so. I, I'll just bring up a random point which is kind of connected. These, no, please do. Um, please do. Globally, restaurants are still getting support from larger companies. Even alcohol companies are supporting restaurants, giving them funds. However, that's not happening in India right now. Uh, alcohol companies are looking out for bartenders. I agree at this point of time, but uh, there are no companies like a Kitchen Aid or a Miel or. no one is like standing up and or an easy diner gourmet passport no one is standing up and saying like hey we are doing a fund for small scale businesses right now and um let's just like split this money between them so you know they can get support however they are going on pestering you to do stuff for them at this point of time as well including zomato by the way hmm. um where, where they want you to shoot recipes create content and yeah. you know just like do yeah. stuff for them and i don't think it's ethically okay to um attack chefs or money um, use attack it's too strong but to even ask of chefs to do that right now i think um offer whatever little support you can because you are still running a profitable business 
Yeah, and they have capital infusion from the back end, so I mean that helps. Exactly. Them. Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean like, and and you have funds set up. Like all of these people have funds set up. Why aren't you saying we will help small scale restaurants? Hmm. Yeah, I I think that's a very very good point, Radhika, that you raised because I have been seeing a lot of these guys uh, starting funds to feed the poor. Uh, that's something that we have seen, even with the likes of Zomato, where there was a campaign to feed the poor. But nobody is really talking about how to save the restaurants, you know, in India and how to save the sector. So I think we need a fund for that as well. And uh, yeah, that's I think that's a really good message uh, going out from you, Radhika, to everybody. And I hope uh, you know we see that soon, where uh, we see a fund which helps uh, infuse some capital back into the business and save restaurants like Vikan Maypur. Thank you so much. And uh, I mean, of course, there was a very sad news also, Radhika, recently. I my, you might have read it, uh, wherein uh, we saw that Floyd Cordos passed away in New York uh, some time back. Yeah. He's he's the person behind some very popular Absolutely. restaurants like Bombay Canty yeah. in O Pedro and Tabla in New York. So what oh, was wow. what was the feeling uh, like about that? I don't know. Did you know Floyd personally, or? Um, I'd met him at the Condé Nast uh, Travel Awards this oh, year, okay. uh, last year, okay. yeah, and uh, he was a really charming man, and uh, I communicated some with him uh, over Instagram, and um, yeah, it, it 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 was when the news came, I could not believe it. Like mm. someone sent me a screenshot of a tweet. Yeah. Where it stated that he had, co- I knew that he wo- he had COVID, but which stated he has COVID, and then it said RIP, and I was like, why yeah. is this saying RIP? Mm-hmm. Why is this saying RIP? This is we already know he had coronavirus. Why is it saying RIP? And then it was just it was, it it hit like a. Yeah, it must have been like shocking, absolutely shocking. Yeah. Punched your stomach. It hmm. became so real. That day was the day it became such big reality for me. Like, it was insane. Yeah, that nobody's safe, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was absolutely sad. Uh, but now, uh, uh, Radhika, how do you... how? How do you see the future of the restaurant business now? You know, are our expan our expansion plans going to be shelved? Are business models going to be reworked? You know, there's going to be a massive reluctance from people to step out to crowded places, even when the virus goes away. So, what's the future looking like for the business? It's funny you ask me that, Ashwin. Uh, I was supposed to be in Goa right now, working on a three-month project. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this was um, a new. This was a different restaurant. New restaurant. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was a different project, and um, like obviously, and right now I'm thanking myself that nothing started. I'm not stuck in Goa. I'm still in familiar territory. I have my three dogs at home, and uh, okay. um, but. Uh, as far as any new project is concerned, I'm sure everything will be scrapped. Like every damn thing which is on shelves right now. Just uh, like whatever is, um, I mean, people who have not taken spaces and I, I mean, where, where it's just on paper at this point in time, it's going to be scrapped or extended. And also, uh, like um, I said, I mean, once, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, once people actually are allowed to step out and they can actually step into restaurants. Do you think they'll be spending the same way? I mean... No, A, they'll be really wary of going out. Yeah. Hmm. I know I would be scared. Same here, same here. Even I would be a little reluctant initially, of course. Hmm. 
Yeah, and like uh, yesterday, I went for a walk after I don't even know maybe weeks of being inside the house, and uh, like people were crossing each other, and they would just automatically go on different sides of the road. Mm. That is the situation. The road right under my house. Yeah. And so I can imagine what it's going to be like in a closed space. People yeah. are not going to feel comfortable. How will a server take your order? Mm. I mean, like, will we have servers in hazmat suits? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, it's all. It's a re- I mean, it seems really dark at this point of time. I don't. I. 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 I wish I could predict the future, but at least I know it's not going to be bright, and people are not going to be willing to spend. Yeah. I mean, how can they? I and mean, everyone is uh, dipping into their savings, and Absolutely. everyone is uh, uh, in the same position, really, where there is no income coming in. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's going to be uh, you know, there's going to be reluctance not only to step out, but I think uh, to you know, uh, spend money the same way that they did earlier as well. So now. What are your expectations from the government? I mean, I was reading that the FHRAI has requested a complete GST exemption uh, for the sector for a duration of six months. Apart, apart from that, they've also requested for a relaxation in loan repayment. So, you know, things like that have been requested from the government. But what, what are your expectations from the government to help you guys out? I would say that uh, we would require funding yeah. of some amount to be able to uh, sort of just float at this point of time. And um, the, I feel like a GST, um, I mean, anyway, we were, uh, it was really hard on restaurants from the get-go because we had no input credit. And um, so, I, yeah, you know, those sort of things will obviously help a little bit, but uh, not really. And I don't know if you know about the monitorium and how that functions. Are you? Yeah, I am aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know that even if you're not paying your loan at that point in time, you're there is no uh, I mean the interest still goes on yeah yeah yeah, yeah so so by the end of it you will be paying a lot and I also want to know what is happening with the PMO fund uh, because <laughs> um, there is okay. 12,000 crore rupees in that fund at this point of time where is probably more we don't know we can't uh, we can't really know for sure but yeah i mean there is there is there is a big bank now that's been created to provide relief to everybody across uh, across the sectors but yeah we we're, we're waiting uh, for some official announcement we're waiting for some uh, official statement so yeah even i can't comment on that right now radhika i think uh, the official statement we're going to get on the 15th is stay home for a little longer <laughs> and that, that's, that's just boring <laughs> like haven't we done everything we clapped in the balcony and we no I I agree I completely job. I I completely agree Radhika I think we've done everything that was asked from us but I think it's now time for the government to also now come out and you know give some strong statements and bold statements to uh, you know combat the crisis of, uh, and uh, you know help out uh, businesses across the sectors especially hospitality because it because it's it's one of the worst hit like i mentioned earlier so yeah i'm also yeah. expecting some uh, you know strong statements to come out but i'm unfortunately like i know i i have very very limited time with you i would have loved to you know ask you lots of questions but i know uh, it's it's a limited uh, time that i have so i'm going to just end on a very very light note how are you these days spending your time at home uh, i mean i know that a lot of chefs i see are you know putting up recipes and putting out videos and doing all th- all sorts of things uh, but but what are you doing at home how are you spending your time 
so uh, i initially started with uh, recipes to support my farmer um, he created a recipe ba- i mean a immunity basket which was named after pig and maple nice, and nice. Uh, hmm. i created recipes for that post that i've just been cooking at home and posting recipes and just uh, trying to keep my own spirits up along with uh, the people who follow me on instagram and uh, it kind of works on some days but some days i'm just like I'm willing to eat like the world. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're all going through this uh, crisis right now because we all stuck at home. So you know, there are days when it just gets to us. I think the, uh, I think it just gets to us, and I can, I can, I can't even imagine uh, you know being in your shoes right now uh, with the uncertainty looming on your head. But yeah, you're an Instagram uh, celebrity, I know. So please uh, follow uh, Radhika. She's she's a very popular, uh, you know, personality on Instagram, and I'm looking forward to seeing your recipes, yeah, Radhika, on on Instagram. But but by the way, I mean, I know that you love to cook and you love to eat. Your fondness for it. But what's your favorite place in Delhi to go out to and eat at? I have to say Coast Cafe. Yeah, I love that place too. That's a very interesting. I thing. love Coast Cafe. This it's such a light, nice, easy spot. Yeah, yeah. And so, are you are you like a big coastal food person though, in general? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Acha, no wonder you were in Goa trying to set up something there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello <laughs> but I hope that happens for you yeah and uh, you know I hope we all come out of this much stronger and uh, my my best to you Radhika and thank you so much for giving me time man Thank you Ashwin All right Radhika thanks Hope you enjoyed my interview with Radhika Khandelwal I will try bringing you more such interviews so stay tuned in for my future podcasts Till then Stay safe. Cheers.